my friends. Welcome back to Small Town Big Ministry with Pastor Luke and Molly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, season two, if we're season two. Yeah, going to call it season one, season two, based on the years. I don't know if we will. but um, So we're talking about keeping up with uh, the times and you know how that looks in church ministry and and we have uh, a lot of different things that I think you, we both do and, and we're thinking about when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, before we jump into that topic, we wanted to maybe talk about what's going on. So what is going on with us in the new year? Well, we just had, um, you know, Christmas and things slowed down for a couple weeks, maybe a little bit. Kind, well, kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I feel like... It, I kind of was able to um, take a little more time to myself and at home and do some things at home and um, and and think about the New Year's in terms of planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, this year we we did kind of like what we did last year, which is instead of jumping into our new Wednesday night session right off the bat in January, which we've done before. Now we're waiting till February to start it. So And I love that because it makes it easier on us the staff because we would be <laughs> like trying to do all of our planning and things mm-hmm. during the holidays because everything started up again the week after. Well, I mean uh, because Christmas. of the holidays everything is so busy and we put off stuff until January. Mm-hmm. Um, which gives you no real break. I mean we're so you're busy through the holidays, and then um, you've put off a bunch of stuff till the new year, and then you're jumping into the new year with a ton of stuff on your plate, right. and it just is uh, kind of overwhelming. So I, I think this is a really good um, pace, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of take January. We still do some stuff. We still do a couple events and, and things like that, but um, just kind of waiting to jump into your full-scale programming until February, plus the... The weather's kind of sketchy in January, which it's sketchy in February, too. So I don't know if that's... Well, just with sickness and, you know, the extra meetings that come in January, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of nice to... gives you a little breathing room to do what you need to do and go full at it in February. Um, We do... I always try to do a family event in January. So this year... Uh, our Alito YMCA, they have a really beautiful remodel, and so we're going to take advantage of that. They're giving us a great deal. We're going to do a family event over at the Y on Sunday afternoon, offer pizza, do like a a dance party, a glow dance party. (laughs) Glance party. (laughs) In the the big gym and then have open gym. And um, we always get a good group of people out. We make it open to all ages and – uh, so planning that for the families and something we started doing during the pandemic when we weren't having Sunday school uh, was we would have a on the fifth Sunday, we would have a family talk uh, where it would be during the Sunday school hour in the sanctuary, no classes. Now that we've started again, we do offer nursery, but we get the good donuts, you know, locally, <laughs> not prepackaged. Not the day olds. Yeah, <laughs> the good donuts, which um, people like those when we kind of splurge a little bit on that. And uh, then we talk about an issue that is important. Mm-hmm. And I love that we've been doing those family talks. This time we're talking about, this, it's on January 30th, and I'm planning now for it, but we're talking about um, discussing biblical purity at home, teaching mm-hmm. your kids be- 
you know, biblical purity at home. Um, so this particular one, we're going to have the kids go downstairs for a PJ movie day. We don't want this to be an introduction for any of those kids. <laughs> this is purely for the parents and to help equip them. And we'll have some resources that they can pre-order. Uh, we have some good books. So um, I like that we we still have, we're giving ourselves some room to talk about some of these issues that we don't always have mm-hmm. time to talk about. Well, yeah. And you got to figure out ways to, to do stuff like that. Fifth Sundays are kind of, you know, one of those times where churches often do something different, something, mm-hmm. you know, out of the norm. And so it's just one way. And, and the other thing was it, it gave our Sunday school teachers a break. Yeah, it gives them know, a break. Because otherwise they're just every single week they're on you know, having to serve. And so it kind of gives them an opportunity to either just come or, you know, some maybe they don't come to that particular thing and they take it easy. I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, hopefully they come because I think it's valuable to kind of be with everybody. That's one of the problems, I think, with serving in these different areas is that you tend to only know the people that you're serving with and be around the people mm-hmm. that you're, you know, you're, rubbing shoulders with in that area yeah. and so you don't see what's going on in the rest of the mm-hmm. church you don't necessarily get you know together with the whole body in in a lot of ways and so we've had uh different times when we've tried to do something where we you know consolidate yeah. everybody you know into some event or some kind of a program where they can bump shoulders and say hi and you know maybe see people they haven't seen yeah, I especially liked uh, the f- one of the family talks we did last year uh, where it was just a testimony um, Sunday, and we did ask specific people to, to give their testimonies. Mm-hmm. Not we, popcorn testimony. No, uh, which, we, you know, I guess someone could do that, but uh, it took up our whole— know what you're going to get. <laughs> we took up our whole time with just two people, and then, um, then we had someone additionally do their testimony as well in the services. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's always such a blessing when people can hear stories, each other's stories. And, um, it's just kind of neat. I'd like to see us, you know, bring that testimony Sunday back for family talk and another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always great to, to find out. I mean, it's encouraging to mm-hmm. see how God's working in people's lives and, um, just to hear it from their own mouths like what what God's doing and you know when that's something that your church has provided um through whatever ministry whatever service whatever you know just impact um I think it just helps to you know encourage everybody that Mm -hmm. you know hey we're we're doing what God wants us to do and it's making an impact and so yeah love to hear that so um what are we needed to talk about with this whole, you know, keeping up with the times. The thing that, that uh, brought it to my mind um, to, you know, in the last couple of days was planning funerals um, and working with different funeral homes and just kind of the technology that they're using um, versus what we have available here at the church. And um, specifically, you know, it came down to like songs, like how are we going to play some of these songs that we want to play? for the funeral. And, um, at the church here, we have a Spotify account that's hooked up to our soundboard and, uh, any song that we want to play, um, you just name it and we can look it Mm -hmm. up and play it immediately. Like it's, it's so available, you know, it's just quick and easy and, um, there's so many options. It's digital and it's, you know, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the only problem with that is it is, um, dependent on the internet. 
So if mm. you don't have an internet connection or whatever, then, you know, you, you could run into a problem. But, um, you know, one of the things that uh, I was dealing with was um, talking to a, a funeral home. Well, how are you going to play this song? And they their technology was not um, updated. So they were going to have to download it from somewhere and then burn it on a CD and then play it, you know, that way. And which is fine. I mean, if you have to do that, then you do what you got to do. But um, it just, it's so many more steps. Mm -hmm. And that's an outdated way of doing things. Right. Um, when you're dealing with CDs versus something that's digital, then then you're behind on technology. Um, and, and it just got me to thinking about how much technology, you know, goes into the church. But also, <laughs> the church is notoriously behind on technology or, um, I don't know, what it, graphics, um, songs. I mean, right. it, you were you were generally, you know, a decade behind at least. Unless you have someone really driving that mm -hmm. and it's important to them in the church. Yeah. And, and I mean, the church has not ever really been cutting edge. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's okay. But we do need to make an effort. And that's the thing is, I think the reason why the church isn't cutting edge most of the time is because we get so emotionally attached to what we do or how we do things. And so you have a lot of pushback mm -hmm. on even changing songs. Like people love the old hymns. I mean, uh, for years, um, you know, I, I had, uh, we, we had an eight, we have an eight o'clock service. Uh, but for years, I mean, I was asked, are we going to cancel the eight o'clock service? Cause the eight o'clock versus the ten fifteen. Uh, hasn't ever been as, you know, as, what, popular? I don't know. That's not the right word. Not, it doesn't have it's as big of an attendance. Right. Um, and it's traditional. And so, but, you know, people, they want their traditional songs and their traditional service for the most part. They they don't want to see that, that stop happening. Um, but churches in general, I mean, there's this feeling that, the hymns are more spiritual. They're more um, godly. You know, there's something about them that's like sacred and you can't not have the hymns. And so if a church, a smaller church in a smaller town has um, just one service, then they're probably going to have this pushback on music style um, or introducing any kind of technology into their service or, you know, those kinds of things. Um Facebook, you know, how you use Facebook, mm -hmm. how you use um, different kinds of technology, like we're talking about using um, Remind mm -hmm. to to uh, get a text message to our volunteers right. and things like that. Like people kind of push back on that sometimes because it doesn't seem like as, as godly and <laughs> sacred as some of the old ways of doing things. You know, they're <laughs> used to how they used to always do things. This is the way it was when I was growing up and it's, you're changing it. And so it doesn't feel like church anymore and that kind of thing. And um, you kind of have to kind of push against that a little bit in order to keep connecting and reaching the, the, the people that you're currently, you know, in your community. Yeah. Like I, I had mentioned this to you. Um, there was a remix of a Christmas him that mm -hmm. I love at our Christmas Eve service and it was really different than the original and um, I love the original and it's beautiful and it's sweet and nostalgic and 
Um, I just, I question, like, do we really need, you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, some of these things. Sometimes you can mix it up a little bit and enhance mm-hmm. it, make it better and update it, make it fresh. Um, but I think sometimes people can go, you know, to the extreme too fast too. not to say that that him was extreme or too fast, no. but um, like in me, like I don't mind um, techie things. I'm not a tech person. I don't mind updates and changes, but that was one thing where it's like, oh man, you know, I've been singing that hymn for the last 43 years and whoa, it's really different now. And did that one, did that have to change? You know? So I think there is a, um, you know, kind of this, this balance that you have to kind of mm-hmm. strike between um, you know, keeping some of the things that are sweet and traditional and things that people like, but in updating other things. And sure. it's just kind of a balance that you have to, to make, I think. Well, and I think there are some battles you just don't need to, to right. fight. Like, I mean, it's not going to be worth it to, you know, hurt everybody's feelings by trying to change everything. When, you know, in different ministries, there are different philosophies, you know, and, um, when I came into this church, you know, as a new pastor, there is a tendency to go one of two directions, either to change as much as you can as soon as you can because you're new and, you know, they say you have a honeymoon period and you can get away with stuff, <laughs> um, which is not how I view things. I, I want to know more of what's going on, why we're doing what we're doing learn, get some, you know, respect within the church and trust, and then change things, you know, as they need to be changed in a more of a, I don't know, systematic way, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as it comes up. So you kind of slowly progress through some of those changes. Um, But that's my philosophy is you take that first year in ministry in that new ministry position and you kind of learn what's going on and how to how to deal with the different personalities, different, you know, things that are going on and, and make changes as, as necessary. But, um, yeah, there's a balance there. We've we've changed a lot um, over the years. We've moved, I think, um, towards a lot more technology than we, we ever had before. Um, but technology is really advanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been here for 15 years. When we started here, um, we were on the radio um, three weeks out of the month, which we still are. Um, but when we first started, that was like a big deal because mm-hmm. cause you didn't have um, everybody on Facebook, and, you know, and you didn't have the opportunity to be on the radio. I mean, it, so the fact that we were on the radio, we kind of got grandfathered in because we'd been doing it for mm-hmm. decades, really. Uh, we'd, we'd had a, an agreement with the radio station, the local radio station for that. Um, but now if you're not on Facebook doing a Facebook Live or have a, you know, your service online – um, you're behind. I mean, that's something that we were doing um, before the pandemic started, which made it a lot easier when right. 2020, you know, when, when we closed down for 10 weeks, and most churches did, uh, we were already online. So it was pretty easy just to say, um, we're going to stay online. It's going to change a little bit because we don't have the congregation there, mm-hmm. but um, we're already online and here's how it is and here's where it is and, and here's where you go for it. And it was pretty easy adjustment where other churches, I think some, it were scrambling Mm -hmm. to figure out what they were going to do. Right. You know, how to, how do we get this out? And then they had technology available, but it's like, okay, I'm going to use my 
iPhone and I'm going to, <laughs> you yeah. know, try to do something um, that I've never done before. Right. And I'm sure it was trial and error. But, you know, you, as you kind of see some of those things available, I think you got to start grabbing hold of them and use them. It doesn't make ministry easier, I don't think. Technology, I think, complicates things. It's expensive. Um, it's a big learning curve. You got to figure out how this stuff works. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about planning center. We've been using planning center for a while, but, um, you, you're the main, you know, person who kind of utilizes that technology for our church. Yeah. I've been doing the children's, the family ministry for the last 11 years. And I think for six or seven years, we've been doing planning center online is what it's called. A lot of ministries use it. Uh, I think if your church is small enough, you can get in there without a service fee. But you pay a service fee. They actually have lots of different programs that you can purchase. Um, and we've just added to it as we've gone. We started with check-ins. Um, and then we do, like, registrations for events. And um, we the music people also use it, the, the praise team, to, to upload all their music. Um, and of course we're using it in the office, uh, for, uh, mailings and such. And, um, I had, um, a mom, she, uh, was needing some proof that she was bringing her kiddo to school to go into, or to church to go into court or something. And I just brought up like the attendance right away and like, well, here it is, you mm -hmm. know, and it just kept track of all the attendance and, um, of course their birthdays and all of that. And, um, we're still learning sure. about planning center. And the one thing I like about planning center, it's also one of the things I hate is they're always changing and improving, which means you got to kind of relearn some of that as you mm -hmm. go, but they're always improving it. And, uh, we use it across the board for the whole church now. And it's really wonderful for registrations and stuff before we, before we uh, signed up for that. Um, we were using like just paper and clipboards yeah. and it's hard to really keep track of mailings and birthdays and all those things. Um, where we just have to like, Hey, we want to send an email blast out to anyone who's come to our, you know, kids club or whatever in the last year and boom, it just makes the list and mm -hmm. it makes it super easy. It sounds easy, but, I mean, I'm thinking about all the, the work that had to be done to build, um, put, you know, because everybody's got to be added. All, every mm -hmm. single kid and parent and their email and their phone number and their address and all that stuff has to be added into Planning Center um, to create their profile. And so, I mean, the, the work that's done. And then you got to use computers and printers. And, I mean, we use printers because we give everybody a tag a name tag for like a Wednesday night, mm -hmm. all the kids. Um, so we have to have all the printers and all the printers are hooked up to computers and everybody who comes in, you have to type their name in and put them in the right group. And I mean, it, you know, it's not like simple plug and play kind of thing. Well, it's, no. it's a lot of, of um, work to make it work. Yeah. It's not perfect. I mean, even like last year we were having, I don't know, we had vacation Bible school or something and it, and you're setting up the events um, in this platform, <laughs> and mm -hmm. somehow I messed it up, and it wasn't catching some people's information. Then I had to go and redo it all, and 
that that stuff happens, but as frustrating as it is, you do learn from it, and you're like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that mm-hmm. again, and now I know, you know, and they're very email sensitive, um, so almost um, like if there's a new registration, you have to have an email, and the thing is, um, there's still a lot of people out there that they're not checking their email on a daily basis necessarily, but they do have their phones in their hands all right. the time, so that's why we've um i'm really starting we're still doing planning center and all the wonderful things planning center has and learning and i have an office assistant that helps with that stuff so that helps mm-hmm. um where i can like toss things to her like hey figure this out <laughs> you know but remind is basic that's what it's called remind and it's a texting service we're actually using it for free right now um and then you Your can free f- trial no it's just free um, anybody can sign up for it, but it, it only goes up to so many characters, um, which uh, they do have something. A lot of school districts are using it. They do have a service a fee that you can um, sign up for, um, and we're kind of investigating that now because now I just feel we need to add it to what we're already doing mm. so that people, um, we're not going to stop doing the emo blast or social media stuff. Um, it's just, we're adding to it. So no matter what your, you know, poison is, (laughs) whether it's texting, email, social media, it's like, we're going to cover all the bases and that takes time too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is with all these different things, um, you know, what, uh, we started with, you know, basically was a website, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that was kind of the cutting edge technology. Like, okay, we need to make sure. And we, what we did was we um, actually paid a pretty good amount of money to have somebody build us a really decent website, mm-hmm. make it look nice and have it functional and have all the tabs with all the different stuff and information. And, you know, you got to provide all the information to the person doing it. But, you know, that's not s- something that anybody can do. I mean, you have to pay somebody to do that stuff. And it's the same way with a lot of this technology. We have, like, even our live stream on Sunday morning we have one person who comes in who makes that happen, you know, and, and uh, without that person, we're kind of scrambling, yeah. you know, with volunteers to try to figure out like, oh, how do we get the live stream on? Yeah. Um, same thing with, you know, a lot of the, the registrations and stuff. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we pay somebody to do that for us mm-hmm. because it's just so much effort and work and, and uni- unique knowledge. Like they have to have a technological knowledge that, not everybody has, and so in a, uh, I'm just trying to think, like, if, if I were in a, a setting where I didn't have, you know, all the technology or maybe all the, the um, availability for some of this stuff, what do you do? How do you start? And, um, you know, probably, you know, it, you're going to have somebody in the church who is techie, and that's probably where you start. You have to have somebody who's able, willing to be interested, figure it mm-hmm. out, and um, and go from there. And it, some of it is, what do you really need? You know, what do you need to to get to another level of, of excellence or communication or, or whatever that might be, and uh, and then start building from there. Right. And you got a budget for it because this stuff is is not cheap. I mean, right. the, all the technology these these. Uh, uh, different sor- resources we use, like their uh, monthly fee. Like right. planning center, depending on the size of your church mm-hmm. and how much you use it, it's a monthly fee. And I think that with planning center, I mean, obviously there's layers and levels to these uh, platforms. So 
if you're like just starting out, you're just going to do the bare minimum first Mm -hmm. and see how that works. Get used to it, figure it out, and then you can add additional services to that. But I'm pretty sure a planning center, um, it's a very minimal fee if you're under 50 people, Mm -hmm. uh, which I really like that um, with them. I know a lot of the um, platforms that we use, if you're a super small organization, it is pretty minimal. So mm-hmm. that's nice. You can still be using There's those. There's a definite break for smaller churches. Yes. Um, or if you're only using it for a handful of volunteers mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case may be. There's definitely a huge price break on yeah. that. And, um, and that's good. But there again, I mean, it's just like, well, who's going to run this thing? You know, every time we do a new piece of technology, it's like, well, who's going to Who's yeah. going to be the person in charge of that? Because you got to have somebody doing it, um, or else it's just gonna it's gonna go to waste, yeah. basically. Well, you know, you you got to start with is this a is this something that's important? Do we need this? And mm-hmm. planning center, you know, all it all you know started uh, for us getting it because it's like we gotta we gotta somehow compile all these names mm-hmm. and their birthdays and their information. And how do we get it reach out to them as we were growing? And well, and for kids too, like for your kids ministry, um, it really does bring it up at le- a level mm-hmm. of, um, I don't know, professionalism or excellence. So, you know, when people are, they're checking their kids in, they know they're safe. And so it's partly it's security mm-hmm. and it's partly for our own logistics to you know have, you know, the, a basic uh, understanding of where everybody's going. Um, you know, that was important as you, you were growing the kids right. ministry that, that they knew um, who was in what group, right. and name tags and all that stuff. So, I mean, it, it does bring a level of, of professionalism to it. Um, but it, you know, it's still, it's, a level of complication too yeah but i mean there's a you can tell the difference like we've been doing this for a while now and then you go to a church that doesn't have any of that um i've had parents who like they they utilize vacation bible school maybe in a a different church and they're like whoa our our vbs is so much more organized and the check-in process is so much um more organized simply because we're we're using a system mm-hmm. and the other isn't. It's just like, okay, go find your classroom. And then say a parent comes in and they're looking, you know, early and they're looking for a kid. They have no idea actually where that right. kid is, yeah. where we just have to look that child up and the computer's like, okay, they're in room B and um, we'll walk you down there. You yeah. know, it makes it a lot easier. Well, and that's where, you know, just talking about keeping up with the times. When uh, we started here, we had, you know, the, the bulletin, the, the old church bulletin like everybody has, the, mm-hmm. the bifold, you know, bulletin, and you put your insert in there and you have <laughs> and all that. And it's kind of funny even to think about that now that uh, and we went to different, you know, churches and saw different bulletins that they would do and, and you know, like, oh, I really like that, the way that they were doing it. And so we would kind of change it over the years. We've had several different styles. Um, but that's one of the things that is important to do in your church is to make sure that um, whatever you're producing um, is it looks good. You know, it, yeah. it actually um, is appealing. It's appealing to the eye and that uh, it's easy to to work your way through or understand. So uh, we've changed our bulletin. It's pretty simple now. It's just one sheet of paper back, you know, uh, two-sided. And um, and even that, I kind of wonder, sometimes we've thought, do we even really need a bulletin? 
Um, I don't know how many people are taking it home and, and really looking at it. Um, is that something that could just go away? Um, we used to do, you know, announcements where somebody would get up and, and walk through mm-hmm. talking, talking through all the different things going on in the church. And, and we decided, you know, not too long ago, but a while back that that really wasn't catching people's attention. So we started doing a video, mm-hmm. um, and even that's kind of sometimes like, well, should we change it? Should we do it differently? Um, you know, trying to make sure the graphics that we're using are, are good and, and, and um, updated, you know, they're not right. clip art, they're not cheesy, they're, uh, you know, they're actually Nice appealing. and polished, yeah. Somebody's got to have an eye for that, you know, you can't just, you know, have anybody doing it. I mean, it, because sometimes, you know, people have different ideas of what they think looks good. So, um, you know, we've tried to make sure that it, it does look good. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but... Um, when it looks obviously like clip art, yeah. <laughs> I, does everybody know what we mean by clip art? I th- I think so, but I mean I remember back when we were in seminary, I was working as a part time youth pastor, and um, I was still like clipping, like cutting, like images out and taping them and putting them on the copier and printing it off, like for stuff. Oh <laughs> like, wow! So we've come a long way from that. <laughs> But I have actually been to churches in the last five years where they're still doing that, huh. and uh, there people notice there's that. there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll point it out to you if I ever okay. see it. Okay, interesting. Um, I didn't even know that was a way to do it. Yeah, um, but <laughs> that's funny. You're cutting <laughs> images out and s- taping them to another. Yes, I was printing huh. them off of a clip art program on our archaic like computer, and wow. then cutting them. And taping it. And then I'd have to go with the white out. And then, you know, the tape sometimes would catch on the copier mm-hmm. and like a white out, you know, white out the tape lines. Nice. <laughs> Man, I don't remember doing any of that <laughs> stuff. I, I probably had somebody who was doing that stuff for me when I was a youth pastor. So I don't even <laughs> know what they know did. It. Yeah, I have no idea. But well, I mean, we, we've talked about like website is super important because mm-hmm. um, like when we're looking up stuff, um, I'm not like a super techie person, but I appreciate it, and I like that updated, polished look. And so I'll be like, "Oh man, this website needs updated." Um, the website's important. Website the- is even now; it still is. Um, probably, maybe Facebook is beginning to come up behind the website a little bit on this, but it's still people's first impression of your church mm-hmm. because if they're looking at coming to your church as a visitor, they're going to, I'm going to almost guarantee this. They're going to look at your website and see what they see. Like, are they interested in coming to your service based on that? Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, second is going to be coming with a friend, I would say. I mean, maybe that's even more important. I mean, it is more important for them staying, but somebody who's just like, I've heard of First Baptist. I think I'll check it out. They're going to check it out on the website. Right. Um, so make sure your website looks good. And that yeah. might mean dropping, you know, a little bit of money on that to make sure that it's updated and somebody's mm-hmm. managing it and it's, you know, functional and, you know. And it's, there's updated information on it. Um, and I think just having, um, you know, an updated way to uh, to get information out to people like mm-hmm. Planning Center Online. I know there's a bunch of other platforms Um Facebook and is really the biggest way for people to, or churches, to get information mm-hmm. out. And not everybody uses Facebook. We we deal with that where, 
we're going to put a lot of information on Facebook to get people uh, aware of what we're doing. Create a little buzz. But yeah. then we have to email some people. You know, we have an email mm-hmm. blast that we'll put out with the same information because, you know, some people just, they're not on Facebook. Right. Or, you know, they don't like Facebook for whatever reason. They don't want to deal with it. So, you know, you got to kind of deal with some of that, but that's going to be a, a big way. And you talked about... Um, Canva, yeah, some of the I, ways that you can create some of this stuff. Right. Canva, C-A-N-V-A, is my favorite service to use for to be putting flyers, posters, postcards, anything you want to create, brochures, um, just event images for social media, all of that stuff I do on Canva. I love it. It's super mm-hmm. user-friendly. Um, and you can actually get on to that for free and use it. Um, for free but uh, last year we signed our team up so it's like five people from our church who can use it and it's like a hundred dollars a year it's which is i think it's really reasonable and then it opens you up to a lot more images Mm -hmm. and then you can be working on a project say you're making a poster of something and you're like oh i want to make this into a postcard or a social media blast then you can just hit resize it takes that whole all the artwork and all the info and just resizes it for you so you don't have to do the work do you pay for them to create a poster can you can you uh where do we do that because i know we've done that where where we've actually put it out to somebody to to um, print our m because we can only print to a certain size yeah and we're done on our printer but we can yeah, pay no, for somebody else to do you it. can. I think almost anything they have, you can pay to get it printed, and it's very polished and well done. We we printed some posters for our Christmas program, mm-hmm. um, and they were large posters, and they turned out really beautiful. That was just through Canva It itself? was through Canva, okay. and it was $15 a, a poster, which I thought was really good, and mm-hmm. it came really fast. Um, and uh, so whenever we're doing any kind of an event or anything, I'm going in and I'm making the Canva um, event posters and things. And we do our, I do my newsletters on there and um, I love it. And like I, the nice thing is you can go in there and play in there without signing up for a fee and be like, Oh yeah, I like this. It's a little limited if you don't pay for the, you know, the first level, the Mm -hmm. next level or whatever. Um, But um, those kind of things make a difference too. Like, you know, make sure that when you have an event or something or you're, like, trying to promote Vacation Bible School or anything you're promoting, you want to have a nice image that's nice and polished and right. um, and put some effort and work into it. And if you can't do it yourself, then um, find someone who likes to do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, yeah, the, all the uh, encouragement I can give to, like, make sure – who wants to <laughs> go to an event that looks like the 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 brochure or the poster is like really poorly done? You're yeah. like, eh, if the poster is poorly done, I don't. I'm not sure <laughs> if the event's going to be well done. I'm not thinking I'm going to probably want to go to that. Yeah. So um, I think it helps to make sure that people are actually they're drawn to it. It mm-hmm. looks good. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand and it's appealing, you know, yeah. and that's part of that. It's you're, you're we're trying to draw people to Christ. You know, I mean, I know it's some of this is like marketing issues that we're talking about. Um, but the ultimate issue is that we want people to have an opportunity to meet with Christ and to hear the gospel 
And if some of these things that churches do are hindering that because it just doesn't appeal and doesn't look good, mm-hmm. uh, then that's a shame because you may actually have a really fantastic event or, or uh, program or message or whatever, and people aren't coming to it because you're just not really attracting them. You're not yeah. drawing them to what it is that you're doing, and that's, uh, that's, not, that's not good. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a terrible thing to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think people will come back year after year to these things if it's well done. The event itself is well done, but sure. you're going to attract more new people if you put things out there on on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Like you're really trying to read, you're taking your you're like taking that extra step to not just just throw something on Facebook or Instagram, but you're also emailing it, you're also mailing it out or putting it in a newspaper mm-hmm. or having the radio um, do a little thing on it like you're you're making sure that you know you're putting a little work and effort into it yeah. and not hitting the easy button too unfortunately much. there there is a level of so-called advertising that has to be done mm-hmm. and, and I would say ministries are probably behind on that because it feels like well I don't want to be worldly and you know advertise and they should just come because of the inherent value of what we're offering. But, I mean, it's that's, you know, not a, a good attitude to have. You need to let people know what you're doing and make, you know, every effort to that they want to be there, yeah. you know. So have a great uh, event, but uh, do a great job with trying to make sure people know about it mm-hmm. um, and, and want to come to it. So, um, yeah, when uh, the last thing that I thought, you know, when we're talking about keeping up with the times, um, the thing that I did not mean by that at all was, um, changing the message in order to appeal to, you know, the culture, mm. which, um, I think that's one of the tendencies that, um, that ministries or churches or pastors may yeah. have is, as well. People don't want to hear about, you know, sin. So I'm not going to talk about sin. I'm going to talk about, you know, things that they want to hear about. Um, and, and, I mean, there is a level where you do have to um, appeal to people in terms of what is going on in the world, um, but the the message of the gospel doesn't right. change, the nature of sin doesn't change, you know, the the power of Christ doesn't change, and so um, stick with the the word of God, mm-hmm. um, make sure that the truth is being spoken. Um, I will swear by this that you people want to hear the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll, you'll have, you know, some people who will resent, you know, the exclusivity Mm -hmm. of Christ. Um, but I mean, honestly, you know, I've gotten much more praise, so to speak, um, that we speak the truth and we, we preach God's word, um, than any amount of, um, you know, I don't know disgruntled people who who didn't want to hear it yeah. and, and, and at that point you know you're not uh, catering to that right um, so don't change the message trying to mm-hmm. you know cater to a, a culture that's going in the wrong direction um, speak the truth in love and uh, God will do a, a work in that I believe yeah like you know same with you know children's ministry or any kind of ministry that you're doing like youth ministry or women's or men's ministry you're not watering down that truth um, that you're really taking advantage of the time you have with people. Mm-hmm. And so when you're um, – we, we use the word event a lot. <laughs> I yeah. noticed when I was even listening back to our podcast, well, we, we do plan a lot of things, and a lot of, a lot of times we're defining them as events. But 
these uh, these things we're doing that we're planning to point people to Jesus. And mm-hmm. so um, even like within kids ministry, um, we're spending a lot of time um, to attract families like, hey, you know, that looks like something fun that my kids would enjoy. And it looks like it's well done. But we're we're like really pointing them to Jesus in that time. And we're not um, watering the truth down and um, we're making sure that we're attracting them with fun and connections, but the whole point, the whole purpose is that, hey, this is we're in this for salvations mm-hmm. and to give people hope, yeah. a truth. Absolutely, and that's it's okay to do both, mm-hmm. <laughs> to have yes. fun and to yes. speak the truth. I mean, it's possible for those two things to exist together, yeah. and uh, they should. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of times about our church service. I mean, it needs to be, a celebration. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're preaching the gospel, um, but I mean, the reality is that it's an awesome thing to be in the presence of God yeah. and to to be able to celebrate the fact that He loves us and we love Him, and and uh, this should be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully, all those things kind of work together to for His glory and for our good. So keep at it. You're doing a great job. Yeah. So um, that's trying to keep up with the times, mm-hmm. um, and we're not still the Joneses. <laughs> not the Joneses. We're still. <laughs> doing all that we can to to learn and grow um but if that's helpful then great god bless and we'll see you next time okay bye guys